You're listening to the Weekend Sport Podcast with Jason Pine from Newstalk ZB. Let's get to James McConey. Crowd goes wild. Alternative commentary collective, including last night's Bledisloe Cup test, Kiwi football fix, and other bits and pieces. How are you, mate? I'm okay, Piney. Um, really enjoyed that test match. And I saw that you tweeted that Scott Barrett might be the best Barrett. Well, I was thinking Scott Barrett might be the best non-Barrett as well, which makes him our best player. So lock him in, Eddie. He can play wherever he wants. Now, we had a call earlier, you probably didn't hear it doing your other bits and pieces, suggesting that maybe Scott Barrett should be given next weekend off to put him a bit in cotton wool, but also, I guess, to give Retallick and Whitelock a bit of a send-off down in Dunedin, their final home test and all that. What would you be doing if you're Ian Foster around the locks for next week? Yeah, absolutely fair enough. I think there is um, a need for other players to play. And, um, you know, you've locked away those cups. So, really, you actually do want to see players um, get on the field. I'd actually like to see Sean Stevenson play, but I don't think he's in camp anymore. So, you know, the, the, there isn't much time for experimenting. You can see that's why Ian Foster was so nervous about, um, you know, the training time. That's why he named the team before the Super Rugby final. That's why he took them all to Mendoza at the foothills of the Andes rather than keep some of them home. He's desperate for time with the team, and that's, I guess, what this next Test match will be, you know, a bit, a bit of a chance for him to see some some players. Those are three good Test match performances, though, aren't they? Uh, Argentina, South Africa, Australia, all kind of different in their own ways, but I can't remember a three-game stretch, certainly since the last World Cup, that's been as, impress- as impressive as that. Can you? No, absolutely. In fact, I, one of my notes here is I, I, th- I thought that, you know, the All Blacks, is the, they're the one team with the potential to put games away by the 65th minute, and that's what they've done in the past three tests. And that, and I always feel that is the, the All Blacks still their trump card, is they still have that ability to do that. Um, and, you know, look, the Wallabies were close, right? So they, they actually played a really good first half, despite their first five, Carter Gordon, having a bit of a shocker. But um, but that's, that just shows the quality of the All Blacks, really, which was sort of waiting, biding their time. And I thought there were some absolute standout performances. And look, I've been listening to your football hour, but maybe the, I'm sure some of your rugby pundits would be saying, Richie Mwonga looks like he's gone to another level. Geordie Barrett and Cody Taylor. Yeah, all, all of those. And I kind of think the 15's the 15 now. I think you put Sam Kane back in there for Dalton Papali'i when he's, when he's fit again. But I think other than that... Yeah. That's kind of the 15. The only other contestable bit is who's the other lock with Scott Barrett and maybe at hooker. That's it. You do feel that, don't you? That, you know, Shannon Frizzell obviously keeps on taking those those leaps and bounds. Um, but, yes, yeah, Scott Barrett is the headliner for me. But Richie Moonga, um looking comfortable at test level against all nations. I think Joe Schmidt can take some credit for that um, since he's come in as a tack coach. Our inside backs have looked good and um, and just with a bit more certainty. And, you know, Geordie Barrett as well, given his body a chance to be a second five, you know, he doesn't have to force his six-foot-five frame to be, you know, just a long udon noodle. He is now, you know, built for the midfield riggers and um, and he can handle it. And he's scary for op- opponents. Imagine if rigger was in midfield. Mark Richards. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. He'd be folded in half. I'd, I'd actually love to see that. And, um, you know, in fact, when I saw... Um, Poor old uh, Tate McDermott, who I do rate as a halfback, get absolutely monstered by Scott Barrett. I, I just thought, you know, just imagine taking that hit. You're a sitting duck. And look, he should have got rid of the ball earlier. 
But I remember even on, in Crowd Goes Wild and Smashed and Bro, we used to not allow Smashed and Bros from bombs because the players were just literally tackling bags. They'd receive the kick and then receive the player in their chest. And it was a bit like that one there. But you can't fault Scott Barrett's timing. It was such a huge play and set, set the tone, didn't it? It did indeed. All right, Football Fern Switzerland tonight. How, what is your overriding emotion as you as you approach the five hour till kickoff mark? Well, the same as you and Sarah Gregorius, actually. I'm just so nervous about tonight. Um, I, I I'm really excited about the opportunity to make history. I guess that's the one thing that, from watching previous World Cups with the Football Ferns, you know they 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 haven't delivered and. I don't know. One thing that I would say is like this team, I think, belongs to the young players. I think that's great having the experience in there, but you don't really want the scar tissue of previous World Cups to affect that enthusiasm, the exuberance of these young players. And you mentioned a couple of them before: India Page, Riley, Jackie Hand, um, Malia Steinmetz. I feel like they need to still have that, um, you know, that freedom to go out there and express themselves because. That's where, that's how we did it against Norway. Yeah, I'm 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 like you. I'm just I'm trying to find new ways to get through the next ten minutes or so, and then I can chalk off another ten minutes. But like, it, it, you know, it, there's I don't know whether there's really too much more analysis to be done. I just I just hope, yeah, like you, that they play like they did against Norway. Find a way to play unencumbered. I'm like you. I I love the 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 younger members of this team. I chuck, even though she's not as young, I chuck CJ Bottom to that as well, Vikessen and Goal. And because there are some players who, you know, who probably won't play a lot beyond this World Cup. And, and there are some some uh, some flame bearers for beyond this one. But yeah, look, do you think we'll win? Um, Switzerland are um, outstanding. So that's, that's, I think they're really, any team that qualifies from Europe has got to be legit, right? It's yep. so hard. So. I think um, you know they've got a great forwards. Um, Barkman, Barkman Turner overdrive. She plays for um, Paris Saint Germain. Uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. She is really, really good. Um, in fact, that's the one thing I'd say. Um, they are a goal scoring team, and they haven't really clicked yet. So that's why I do really want us to play. Um, you know, be bold against a team like that because if you if you sit back, I think they, they'll just hurt you. And um, and we've got the talent and. I think all those young players that you mentioned have gone through, for example, the ones who have been at the Under-17 World Cup and came third. They expect to progress, so I just like, I just want that to be the overriding attitude that you see from the Ferns. Yeah, let's hope so. Speaking of being bold, a few people have been by Stuart Broad, uh, but he is now going to bring the curtain down. Uh, see, I'm, I make a great dad with uh, lines like that. Um, he's bringing the curtain down. He's, uh, this will be his last test. He's got two more days of test cricket. That's it. Um, that is um, the segue of the day, Piney. You need to create a sting. If you get Andy to create segue of the day, I'd appreciate that because it deserves something, um, acknowledgement anyway. Um, look, 37 year um, started in 2008, so that's two years after Craig Goes Wild began. So I remember him turning up looking like Draco Malfoy from um, Harry Potter. And um, But I also think you know he's, one, he's an example of longevity greatness. It's different from... I would say actual greatness. He's just a very, very good bowler, a great practitioner, you know, average of um, 27.7, uh, 600 test wickets. Like, it's a lot. Mm. But then, you, but it's really, when he's at home, you know, 14 of his 25 wicket, of his 25 wicket bags were in England. So mm. he, he's a homeboy, really. And, um, and I think he's chosen the perfect time. 
Uh, Jimmy Anderson just keeps on going. But I do remember he was really um, an all-rounder at the start and then decided to focus on his bowling. It's been the best thing he's ever done because you know now he can be remembered as, as one of the one of the best that ever played. Do you know that Jimmy Anderson turns 41? Well, today here. So when he when he walks out there tomorrow, because uh, I presume they'll go back out, they're nine down, him and Broad, actually, it'll be his 41st birthday. He's still playing test cricket. Well, what did Richard Hadley go to? Did he go to 40? Yeah, 40. I, he was I think it was 40. Yeah, I was. Sir Richard Hadley. Yeah, he yeah. was a sir playing um, test cricket. And by the way, I always compare them probably unfairly to Sir Richard Hadley because... Look, those guys were, uh, have been great on the green seamers in England. But if you look at Richard Hadley's um, test average, bowling average, he was almost better away from home. Places like Australia, it was like an average of 17. He was a freak. And that's why I go, these guys have been good because medical science has helped, helped them play a lot longer. But nobody is um, can you know hold a candle to paddles. No, I totally agree. Just before you go, is there anything you've seen at this FIFA World Cup that you'd like to see changed? Any Any rule changes of any sort? Yeah, um, have we got another 15 minutes, Pony? But I'll, I'll do it in soon. Look, the offside law, I thought Hannah Wilkinson getting called offside was an absolute joke. Look, I know that they changed the law in 2005, but that was before they had this VAR technology. And so now I think if any part of the hand, body or foot is in front of that um, last defender, or second to last defender, if you like, um, it should be all, it needs to be all of them. It needs to be all three because basically Hannah was predominantly onside or level with that defender. And then we saw a game the following night where the Spanish player was predominantly offside, but there was a foot dangling out, keeping her onside, or a toe, if you like. And um, it just doesn't add up. So they need to work on that. And also, penalties are very easy to win these days, Piney. But I saw China win one on Friday night against Haiti. And then Haiti were denied three in a row that I thought were probably, two at least, were well, pretty good penalties. So if you're going to make them easy to win, they have to be consistently easy to win. They didn't even take 15 minutes. Just articulation personified from you. All right, mate. Well, um, that's us. I think that's us for another Sunday. Um, I might say, it's a it's nothing wrong with it. That's, that's why we pay you the exorbitant contractor's fee that we do. Yeah, donuts and uh, and what else you got? Flavoured milk, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. like that. Good on you, mate. James McConey. Hear him on the Alternative Commentary Collective. Uh, catch him on the Crag Goes Wild Kiwi Football Fix and across social media. And listen to him on our show every Sunday afternoon at around about this time. For more from Weekend Sport with Jason Pine, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from midday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.